This is a recording of a Facebook Live episode. To interact, receive exclusive tips and bonuses, be sure to join us live on the Facebook page at Claire O'Shea Coaching each Thursday at 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Now, let's dive into the show. Welcome to the Business of Dance podcast, where we discuss business growth, dance education, creating your dream business, and falling in love with your studio all over again. Now, here's your host, business coach, educator, and owner of Dance Energy Studios, Claire O'Shea. Hey guys, it's Claire O'Shea here, and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Dance podcast live. So in case you missed it, I have been doing the podcast live on the Facebook page, just, you know, trying a different medium, seeing how it works. And then we released that episode on the podcast feed shortly after. So um, the podcasters are still getting their handy podcast on their phone, but this is another great option if you wanted to jump on and interact or if you just enjoy the Facebook app instead. But Last week, I spoke about the mindset behind concerts and what really can be for some a super overwhelming experience. It can really sort of not pull people down, but it can be so stressful that it can make them sick or it can be just really not an enjoyable experience because it is so stressful. So I talked about that a little bit. So if you wanted to learn more about that, you could either look for it in the feed below, just like scroll up or down whichever way. And then also it's obviously in the podcast feed, which you can find by searching for business of dance. And that was episode 63 last week. So that was all about the mindset of concerts. But today it's all about outsourcing for your concert to really create ease and a sort of process for you to be able to give tasks to other people. Um, If you already have a team in place, this could be to give to them. Or if you are working by yourself, it could be just to outsource some smaller tasks to really just take some of that stress load off of you. And now, whilst I understand that it's not always possible uh, financially, there is a couple of things that you could give to other people um, and get contractors to do that, you know, are going to cost some money, but not a whole lot and really could reduce a whole amount of stress for you. So as I've mentioned before, being the business owner, being the CEO, being the studio owner or the principal, at the end of the day, everything does fall back into your lap. And sometimes that stress can be really overwhelming. But as the business owner, you are also you have the power to be able to share your knowledge with somebody else to really assist you in the future. Now, running an event and running a concert, even if you are just a one woman show at the moment, is still a super collaborative process. So whether that is working just by yourself and uh, asking parents to help, or whether that's working with any teachers that you have, if you don't have any admin staff, or whether it's working if you've got a big team of people, it is super collaborative, even though I guess at the end of the day, if you are making the final choices and that's totally fine, but I feel like, you know, what the, you know, many hands make light work. And that is a saying that I often think about. So that's something to be thinking about as well. And outsourcing can be just to creating processes for your current team members to be able to implement, or again, using contractors to sort of complete tasks that might be a really fiddly for you you might not be the best at but it could be something someone else finds really simple can really nail it really fast and not have to worry about it for you so 
knowing what you have to do in your concert can really alleviate uh, some stress as well. So this is why I'm a huge advocate again for systemizing and creating processes within your business to run it from day to day, but also for these big events. Now for 99% of studio owners, I would say the biggest event that we have all year, no matter where you are in the world is your like end of year show or, you know, for us in Australia, we generally hold it sort of November, December. I know some people hold it earlier in the year or mid year, which is really cool. And then in the States and other places, they have it at the end of their season, depending um, when that is. So, you know, no matter where you are in the world, most dance studios is their biggest event. And it can be, like I said before, super overwhelming process. But if you put the effort in when you're either before the show or whilst it's happening and really kind of outline the steps that you take to really create a flow, then there's no reason to be stressed because you know exactly what's coming up, you know what has to be done in the future and then you can start to outsource these tasks so you don't feel like it's all on your shoulders and weighing you down. So the best part of outsourcing is that everyone you outsource doesn't even have to be a part of your current team like I mentioned. So and Again, they don't even have to be in within your country. So you can really kind of outline the budget that you have and find someone that works within that, which is really cool. So I sort of feel like I've talked a lot already. Let's dive into the show. That was just the intro. Whoopsies. And again, if you have any questions and you're watching this, feel free to write them in now. I think I've already tested out a little poll there. Um, which is a new thing on Facebook Live, which is cool. So you can always enter the poll or if you're watching this afterwards, feel free to pop your questions in the comment section and I'll jump in and have a look. Hopefully it notifies me. I've been having issues with that lately, but let's dive into the show. My main point is to know your role first. And whilst you might think, hmm, well, my role is everything. If you are like the sole person at your business at the moment, yes, your role is everything essentially. And that's okay. But as you kind of progress or if you want to add people into your team or you already have them, there will be areas that you will be better at and like positions um, on the day and in the lead up to the show that you know that you will sort of thrive in. So this point is also carried from last week's episode and that's to know again your strengths and role within the concert. So for me, um, it just, for example, how it worked out. So I always, when we first started the concert again, I, I think pretty much, that would have been my second year I had um, a team member. First year was just me. Um, but I wanted to be side stage, like right there and there. So it was sort of up to me to sort of, cue the lighting guy the sound guy and everything and I was um you know had the headset on and I was running backwards and forwards like finding little Susan and grabbing her and trying to get her on stage and it was just like it was ridiculous it was so silly I didn't need to be doing it I was very overwhelmed considering the small amount of students that I had at the time and I just sort of knew then and there that this wasn't going to work moving forward if we grew it was just going to be ridiculous I'm pretty sure I like hung myself like three times on the ear can things and it was just silly so my wonderful partner offered you know I'm more than willing to help and for me being a bit of a control freak that was a really big moment for me but I just know for instance that I'm pretty highly strong and he's very laid back so he does calming that's how it works for me but that's not to say that works for everybody and some people's partners have absolutely no interest or it might make the whole situation worse. But so for me at the show, 
cut now is the person on the ear set and he just follows the plan and he's done it for so many years now that he knows like when the kids are ready and he just comes to the rehearsals and he essentially cues the entire show so that leaves me side stage still being able to interact with the kids getting them really pumped up you know if there's an emergency I can sort of trot off and he can keep the show going and then I don't feel that stress and I can't because with those things on you're like attached there so that's just sort of for instance I figured out that my role was not to be like the head person so essentially Kurt took over that role but because he's really chill it calms me down side stage and I just really enjoy him being there it's like a calming presence for my like scattered energy so that really works for me in the lead up to the show I am obviously sort of across everything but there are certain tasks now that my team members and my VA have done for certain years and I just kind of go you do that because they already know how to do it now but like when it first happened I was a bit like oh god like what if what if it goes wrong well it's okay we'll fix it so that sort of is my big motto um I was I definitely still check everything we need that info to be correct going out to parents and students but again like it's going to be okay. So try and think about things that you are really good at. You might have a real flair for graphic design, but if you sit on Canva or Photoshop Pro or whatever it is for hours on end and don't finish anything, like it's just a waste of your time. So it's really trying to find the strengths for you when you are bringing on people into your team. Um, hi, Victoria. Victoria just says hello. But then also knowing, you know, before and during the show, what your strengths are. So I would encourage you when you're first trying to figure this out, if you have the opportunity to have team members already, you already do go through the tasks that are your responsibility first and foremost, and then move from there. So kind of grab the tasks that you know you have to do, and that might be writing your speech or, you know, costumes or whatever it is that you know you have to do right now and then start to figure out well actually I don't really need to do this I can sort of write down a description of what I want and somebody else can do that and then pass that off um, but at, even at the end of the day if you are the studio owner if you're the teacher if you're the admin person if it's just you you still won't be doing everything because I imagine uh, that you will need some parent volunteers or even you might have friends or family that help you before and after so it's really something to think about that you're not doing it all and even if you are the only person at the studio you are going to get help and that's just all there is to it so really think about what the other people would be best suited to do Um, and even if you know you have this certain role that you can't do trying to find people within your studio circle or friends and family that are either willing to volunteer their time or you might even have you know a lot of the time people are so willing to give their time and their energy to help support you, particularly if you're just starting out or whether they feel they just love being involved. So really look for those people. Obviously you can thank them with like love and hugs or a gift if you feel so that it needs that. But I just want to reiterate if it is just you and I'm doing quote marks, if you can't see me on the podcast, um, you still get help from other people, whether that be students parents students sorry students of parents no parents of students that's right um other team members or volunteers family etc so once you've identified your strengths you've kind of picked some tasks to give to other people it's also really good to then kind of go "Mm, actually I'm even though I really like this task I'm not that good at it so I'm going to outsource that too um and outsourcing again is all about knowing your role within the business and in this event in general and then 
outsourcing to people who are experts in their field and that really allows to free you up a lot more time which as a result will reduce stress you'll generally be more calm you're going to enjoy the whole process a lot more so that was all about knowing your role but my next point is all about communication so Basically, if you don't communicate exactly what needs to be completed and when and how, then it's safe to say things won't go how you plan. So that's why, in my opinion, creating processes and systems for events as well like this is a really great way to ensure that it's getting done how you want to do it, when you want to do it and in the way, which I guess is how. So that is something to think about. So for instance, we have a concert board that is sort of a weekly countdown to our show and now because I've done that for so many years each task has the step-by-step instructions now that wasn't always the way when we when we first like I came across systemizing and that it was just like all over the shop and you know we still make changes I'm not saying it's, it's not perfect at all but it's a really great way to go okay, I'm going to either like record myself doing this task or I might even like voice record on my phone and attach it to the card or write out a step-by-step instructions of exactly how I do it. Um, And you might do it that year, but then when it comes to the following year, you've already got that step-by-step guide so that you can pass that on to someone else. So even if you can't do it this time around, it might be too late. You just don't have the time or the energy, but you can really help future you by kind of creating a guide for yourself or for future team members next year. So again, be really precise with your communication, your expectations and deadlines for anyone who you come into contact with, whether that be volunteers, you know, you can be obviously lovely about it, but you know, you just want to be very clear in what you need and want and how it should be essentially. Um, So again, firstly, it probably would be recommended communication wise, obvious places to start with your teaching team if you have one so you really want to discuss with them the theme what songs the layout of the show really have all of those things um, laid out as best as you can beforehand so there's no miscommunication now that's not to say that little problems will never crop up but it's something to think about the clearer you can be for me next year I've already decided to make a change so I have a team handbook that I hand my team every year and it has focus for the term it has goals it has all of these things it's lovely but next year we're going to be adding in a couple of extra pages about concert and the things they need to remember it's going to have like a planning sheet for when we have this meeting that they can write it down and have it like all like in there in that one thing so that's already something I've made a note to do for sort of probably December so that I have it ready for January but communication is key essentially and we all know this, but it's something to think about. Um, and also to give them well in advance deadlines for like when choreography should be finished, when it should be clean. So they have all of the um, music selected and all their routines finished so you don't feel stressed or the kids aren't rushed in the lead up to the show. Uh, and the same goes for costume selection, obviously. And, you know, I know a lot of studio owners don't even get input from their teachers and that's fine, but I always try and go, do you envisage something like to me it's their piece and this is just my personal opinion and I'm really happy to try and work in with that now if it's a ludicrous request obviously I would say well you're just not gonna work like I don't know I can't think of one off the top of my head um but 
mostly it's just like I'd like a yellow costume and like I'm pretty sure I can make that work so that's something that I do but again if you're doing the costumes well then you just need to set yourself the deadline the same goes deadline wise if you outsource to like local graphic designers or people that are online ensure you have the deadline so they know exactly when you expect the work and the quality of work and everything so that was all about communication. Now, I think this is my final point, sort of, uh, is identifying the main people you will need to outsource tasks to. So say you're in Australia and you already have your concert in December. You're like, oh, I can't do it right now. You might first just, there's some things that we always outsource and that, well, I do anyway. So things like photographers or videographers or, you know, some, some things that you're, it's just not your, thing so you just outsource that definitely um but there's probably some amazing studio owners and teachers out there who were photographers and things as well which is awesome um but those are some of the main things that people generally outsource straight away so photographers you can find them in your local area uh, you can always ask on a community group for recommendations um you can ask parents or friends who are photographers at the studio and you know some people disagree about using parents at the studio but I find if again you're really clear with your expectations up front and uh, they are as well and you sort of have like a little contract or even just an outline of both people's expectations it, it can work fine if you are hiring someone new be sure to talk to them first and really kind of see if they have an understanding of the speed of a concert and particularly of like a photo day rehearsal like I don't know if every photographer if they've not done it before is aware of like the amount of students and the amount of costumes and poses, you know, it can be quite overwhelming if they've never done it before. So really kind of trying to uh, discuss with them how it would run. Um, Also something to think about, you want to see their work to make sure you think they'd be okay. And that's not to say they've never done dance photography. They're not going to be fantastic, but you know, just something to keep in mind. Um, also something to think about if you're wanting to reduce the cost of like the labor. So depending how you do it, sometimes people just, uh, go directly to a company and they do everything and then they collect all the profit and they might give you a little bonus or whatever. Or sometimes people will hire in-house like a photographer and they'll do some of the editing and things and they'll pay them for that. But the studio owner will get all of the, um, revenue essentially the profit, um, but a thing to think about, if you are wanting to reduce costs and you don't have like the a photographer that comes year after year, is to contact local colleges or universities or even high schools. Like some people's students might be graduating and see if there's any students who are wanting more work. There might be like a small team or to expand their portfolio. So I'm not saying they do it for free and I don't think you should expect them to, but they might be willing to do it for a fraction of the cost as a highly well-worked photographer or something but that also then you know less experience you know so you've got to weigh that up but you know your photographs might not be a huge thing for you and if you're only charging you know ten dollars a photo well you know it's it's not the end of the world if it's not like a hundred thousand percent perfect so that's just something to think about um videography wise 
You can set up video cameras, obviously, and do it yourself or hire someone else to do it. Um, But ensure as well when you are talking with someone that you discuss the deadline for when they're going to deliver the edited one so that you can talk to parents. If your parents are anything like mine, they will always be like, when's the video coming? When's the video coming? Like ours is actually, I reckon, pretty late. We have it ready to go back like January the year after the concert um and that people just expect that now and but we do outline that as well before they purchase it just because that's just the way our videographer and photographer works because she does all of ours so it's obviously a bit more of a process uh but something i would say just a little tip when you're trying to sort this out or if you're hiring someone new for the first time make sure that they video your first performance just in case something goes wrong so I, it's never happened to me, but I've know of people who, you know, they couldn't come to the first one, which, you know, it's not always an end, beyond the end of the world. And then they came to the second show to record and then like forgot their battery pack or like their battery ran out or they ran out of, like it was just a freak accident or disorganization or whatever it was. But then like, if you don't have those things on the second show, it's not really going to work. So my tip would be to try and video the first performance at least in case there's a mishap and then you can always video the second one if it's better. Awesome. Uh, and lastly, this is sort of the, the main thing that I think you could outsource to do sort of like a, a package of work essentially as a graphic designer. So you could hire someone online uh, who is a freelancer on something like Fiverr or Upwork, which I've talked about a thousand times in other episodes, but they could really create kind of like a concept media pack for you, which could include like a logo, a social media graphic, um, hi, is it Leela? Hi, Leela or Layla. Thank you for joining. Um, so yeah, in this social, in this like sort of pack, it could have then a, a, a graphic that could be moved and used onto programs, onto t-shirts, onto like all of these different things, but they could create one and then kind of copy it across the board onto flyers, whatever you need it to go onto, but they would have the skills to sort of format in the correct style, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they can make something look really fantastic. I, I love Canva and I can work Canva, but I'm not a graphic designer by any means. So I spend so much time just like shifting things a centimeter and wondering why it looks terrible. So that's something that I would, and I do outsource basically immediately. And then I, we have a a logo each year that goes on again, all of our, concert info on any gifts that we give to the students on the programs on flyers on the tickets we get shirts printed which is another revenue booster as well which is fantastic and on the front it has the that concert logo theme for that year and on the back it has like the cast list and that is something that we've done now for like four years and it's the kids love it because they get their name on a shirt and parents like it because we don't you know we don't charge like ludicrous amount so it's affordable but it's a great way for them to feel like a part of like a production Uh, it's also a great revenue booster so graphic designer depending on how many people are in your team so and you know your what your admin person's like your budget you can also hire a temporary VA in like just on a contract so say your concert's in December I'm just picking a date you might hire like a VA to assist you for like five hours a week for eight weeks and that could really just take a lot of stress off you and they might have skills in graphic design and music editing oh my god isn't that fantastic if you can find someone who can edit music just like by following timestamps perfection that is a huge time waster for me 
um, and I'm not very fussy and I just kind of go like I don't do fancy cuts so that that's awesome if you can find someone but if you can't if you don't want to hire someone like on a contract basis again you can hire them per task which is a really great way um and not everyone again like so that's sort of the graphic design thing but not everyone you have to delegate tasks to need to be paid so ask around your studio and like the more you ask people are often so keen to help and I don't realize each year until they're like sort of tapping at the office desk being like please give us something to do we just sit here or so many people like this year come to me and said hey I own this business and we do printing I'd love to print for you and I just never thought about it we had a dad come in the other day and was like um we'd just done renovations at the studio and he goes oh I wish you'd wish you'd told me that you were renovating I could have gotten you paint and I was like oh god like I just don't I feel sometimes uncomfortable asking for help, um, but often so many people are really, really generous with their time and they have skills and expertise they really want to share and they want to feel a part of it as well. So obviously you can thank them in copious high fives or whatever you feel is appropriate, but it is a really great way to keep costs low for you and eventually that's going to pass on to the parents as well. So obviously if you have to pay for, out of the wazoo for everything then you have to increase ticket sales and costume prices and things like that so asking for help is totally okay um you don't have to demand it but there's like for instance we have um name badges that we give our students when they sign in and out at our rehearsals and things and they are a bit of a process we have to cut them out and put them in a little slip but we have parents who are there will like they sit there for an hour an hour and a half while the kids are dance so they're like we'd love to do something, please give us something to do. And like they'll bring in their little slicer machines and it's great. And that's just something that's really time consuming for us. Obviously, if I'm paying my admin uh, manager or office receptionist to do it, that's taking them away from sort of more high value tasks. So that's just something to think about. Uh, and again, it can get parents super excited to be a part of the show and it feel they love being involved with their kids as well, which is awesome. So those are a couple of areas that are like sort of no brainers for me to outsource straight away. But obviously there is so many things that you could do. I know of people who hire like, um, I don't know the exact term for it, but it'll be like a costume manager, organizer who does like the sizing, the ordering, they count them as they come in. Like it's a whole shebang and that's what they do, which to be honest to me, it sounds like a dream, but I know some people love doing it themselves. So there's so many different things, but also maybe think about the things that you hate doing the most and then go from there. Uh, lastly, things to think about when you're outsourcing online is use known resources like Fiverr or you know Upwork. And the best sites, again, are those two, in my opinion. I know there's a lot of other ones, but I find them the easiest. But other options, again, are to ask another colleague or friend that is near you and you trust and like. You might even be shocked to know that like a, a current teacher is looking for more work. So it's a great way to kind of boost their hours as well. Um, if you are going to hire someone, a contractor, a little tip would be if they have any idea how a dance studio works, whether that, that means being a part of it themselves or they've worked with other creative industries, it is a great advantage. It's not always possible, but if you can find someone, awesome. Uh, and some hiring tips are to communicate and thoroughly outline the tasks that need to be done first, interview first before hiring. And I mean, doing that like via Zoom or Skype or something. So you get to see them, talk to them, ask some questions and have them give them uh, give you examples of their work. So if you're hiring a graphic designer, 
get them to give you some option um, some work so you can check and make sure that it's going to go with your style and that's not to say that they can't tweak it but just if you if you're already liking what they're doing it's probably going to work out a lot better um and if you are unsure between a couple of people you can always hire like two people on like a month trial basis or something or you know get one person to do one task one person to get to do another task and then just if the the one that you're not really into just sort of say thank you for your time and then sort of finish that as long as they know there's like a trial period at first oh and lastly trust your gut it is generally always right so if you have like an off feeling about someone it probably means it's there for a reason so really trust your gut, make sure that you follow your intuition. It's an amazing asset. And I think some of us ignore it too often. So those are my tips today, all about outsourcing for your concert. It's really sort of about generally organizing your concert as well. And just to kind of get you thinking about ways to reduce your stress for you. So you can really enjoy the process. Again, it's a huge part of our year as studio owners. And so it's such a shame if it's such a stressful period for like six months. So I really encourage you to try to get people to help you so that reduces that stress. Again, if you have any questions about this now or in the future, feel free to comment below, join our Facebook group and we can chat about it. I, again, could probably talk about this all day and hence why this video has gone a smidge long. Um, but I'm really excited also to announce that I've been working on like the complete guide to concert. I'm writing a book, ebook, same thing, uh, that has templates, that has all of this juicy information, but in sort of like a, a cheat and use it style, if that makes sense. So you don't have to do everything yourself. You can just copy and paste and just slap it and you use it. So I've been working on that. I was hoping to have it done a little bit earlier to sort of assist Australians this year, but it might be sort of one that we release later in the year so you can kind of get planned and organized for the year after but if you, I have a media showcase as well so you know everyone has different events at different times of the year but I'm really excited about this and it's fat at the moment the ebook but it is full of juicy info so I'll be sure to share that with you when it's almost ready and I'll announce how you can get your hands on a copy but again if you have any more questions feel free to pop them in. I don't think there's any now. Leela, welcome Leela. Hi from Ireland. I've had a Victoria say hello. Thank you for joining us live. You're welcome Leela. I hope you enjoyed those tips. Again, this will be available in the audio version on the podcast uh, on Monday. Uh, I want to thank you again so much for joining me. I hope you found these tips helpful. I feel like I may have waffled a smidge, but sorry about that. But I hope you took something helpful from today's episode. And I look forward to talking with you guys really soon. So have a great day wherever you are in the world. And I will speak with you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Business of Dance podcast. For show notes and other episodes, please go to businessofdance.net slash podcast. To learn more about Business of Dance and stay up to date with all the episode releases, as well as lots of extra studio tips and tricks, please like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or wish to be a guest on the podcast, please contact us at podcast at businessofdance.net. We appreciate you taking the time to rate and review us on iTunes and wish you a great day. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And until then, keep dancing your way to the business you have always desired.